Grimlings, and welcome to episode 9 of a Grim Podcast. I'm Sylvie. Many animals and tails are witty and clever. Even if they seem too weak to beat their opponent, they still find a way to defeat them. That's the subject of today's stories. First, we'll get into the buffalo's victory, an old Indonesian fable. Then, I'll read Click Clack Mountain, a Japanese short story of a Japanese badger and a rabbit avenging his friend, an old man. Without further ado, let's start reading. For many years, the people of the island of West Sumatra lived in peace and prosperity. This sense of security was disturbed one day when a messenger of the king of Majapahit arrived. News spread very quickly throughout the villages. The great king of East Java demanded to receive a tribute and respect from the farmers and traders of the neighboring island of Sumatra. The highlanders of Sumatra did not want to become subservient to the king of a distant land, but they knew they faced a certain defeat if they challenged the much stronger Javanese army. After much discussion among themselves, they made a proposal to the messenger. Rather than a battle of armies and the loss of many lives on both sides, the West Sumatrans proposed that their fate be determined in a battle between buffaloes representing each side. If the Sumatran buffalo lost, then they would recognize the authority of the king of Majapahit and pay tribute to him. However, if the Sumatran buffalo won, the Javanese army would leave the highlands immediately and never force their presence in the land again. This proposal was taken back to the king of Java. After lengthy discussion with his advisors, the king agreed to the proposal. A search was then carried out to find the biggest, strongest, and most powerful buffalo on the island of Java. When they had chosen their champion, the Javanese army began their journey through the jungles, over the mountain passes, across the Sunda Strait, and through the dense rainforest of Sumatra. The Sumatran villagers were awed and dismayed at the sight of the mighty Javanese buffalo. Again, they gathered to discuss their options and strategies. Surely they would lose if the battle between the buffaloes was one of pure strength. Instead, they decided they had no choice but to put their fate in the power of nature. One of the villagers had a buffalo who had recently been given birth. They took the newborn calf and separated it from its mother for several days. The village square was roped off for the all-important battle. People from distant villages in the highlands also came to watch, anxious to witness the fight that would determine their fate, independence or severitude. The the powerful Javanese buffalo stood majestically at one end of the field as if reveling in in his own magnificence. A group of villagers arrived, leading the young calf weak with hunger. Sharp iron tips t- shaped into horns of a full-grown adult buffalo were strapped onto the tiny humps where the calf's horns would grow later. Javanese army could not believe their eyes, their own mighty champion facing this small, feeble baby. They roared with laughter while the Sumatrans waited quietly, keeping their hopes and despair to themselves. A hush fell over the rowdy crowd as they witnessed the meeting between the two mismatched buffaloes. At first, the young calf just stood still, bewildered, at the far end of the field. Then he spotted the other buffalo. His heart leapt. Perhaps it was his mother, for whom he longed. Three days without milk, and finally, there was his mother! He rushed straight on ahead toward the massive buffalo, 
When he reached him, he tilted his head under the champion's belly in search of milk. The sharp iron horns pierced the buffalo's belly. With a squeal of pain, the champion bolted away, but the calf followed him, desperately seeking milk and piercing the belly over and over again. After receiving countless wounds, the mighty Javanese buffalo finally collapsed on the ground, blood pouring out of its wounds. This time, it was the Sumatran villagers who roared with a cry of victory. Minyang! Minyang! Victory! Victory! The Javanese soldiers, dazed and speechless, collected the carcass of their buffalo and left the highlands, never to return. To this day, the, bu- the victory of the buffalo, or Kabao, is celebrated in the name of the highlanders of the West Sumatra, the Minyang Kabao. The roofs of their homes and the shape of their formal headcloths take the form of buffalo horns to commemorate their victory over the mighty Javanese. Alright, so now let's move on to Click Clack Mountain. Once upon a time, there was an old man and his wife who lived in a little farmhouse surrounded by mountains. This kind old couple had a very good friend, a bunny rabbit, who lived on the mountain in front. The bunny would come almost every day to visit the old couple. He loved them very, very much, and they in turn treated him just like a child of their own. Now there was also a tanuki, a kind of badger, who lived on the mountain in back, who would often come to the old folks' farm. But this tanuki was a real troublemaker, and he loved eating almost as much as he loved making trouble. He would sneak into the barn, tip over barrels, and nibble on all the fruits and vegetables the old man had worked so hard to grow. Once, the tanuki had even dragged the old man's hat and shovel outside just to be mean, and the old man shouted at him, Would you believe it? The tanuki threw the shovel and hat on the roof and scampered away, laughing. The rascal! Our story begins one day soon after that, when the old man went out to his field to plant some beans. As he was hoeing the neat rows, along came the mischievous tanuki. The tanuki found the basket with all the beans in it, and when the old man wasn't looking, he dragged it away and ate all the beans up. Then he called out, Nya, 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 stupid old man! Ho, 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 but where are your beans? Now the old man was very patient and good-tempered, but enough was enough. He ran after the tanuki, caught him by the tail, tied his legs together, and carried him to the house. Your troublemaking days are over, said the old man angrily. He tied the other end of the rope to the kitchen rafters and left the tanuki hanging upside down. Then, after telling his wife to keep an eye on the mischief maker, the old man went out to the field again. Left alone in the house with the old man's wife, the tanuki began to scheme. There must be a way out of this, he thought. I know. I'll make the old woman feel sorry for me. So the crafty tanuki pretended to weep. Good woman, he sobbed. What a hopeless sinner I've been. Just once before I die, I'd like to do a good deed. Please untie me, kind lady. Untie me so I can help you with your housework. Tears were streaming down the tanuki's nose and falling on the kitchen floor. Kind woman, you're not as young as you used to be. It hurts me to see you work so hard. Please, let me help you. The old woman hesitated, but she shook her head and said, "Uh Uh-uh, you can't fool me. I know, I know, said the tanuki. You think I'm trying to trick you, but would I lie when I'm about to be killed? After I've helped you, you can tie me up again, honest. The good woman was just too soft-hearted. She hated to see anyone cry. And the tanuki looked so pitiful and harmless hanging upside down like that, that she finally gave in. 
She untied him and said, Okay, take this mallet and pound the rice for me. Yes, ma'am, said the Tanuki, taking the heavy wooden mallet. I'm good at pounding things. Like old ladies, for instance. He swung the mallet around and hit the old woman over the head. She fell to the floor and the Tanuki ran outside, squealing with glee. The old man was coming back from the field when he saw the Tanuki running away. Hey, you blasted Tanuki! What did you do to Grandma? he shouted. Imagine how he felt when he found his wife lying dead on the kitchen floor. Oh no, he cried, oh no! The next day, the old man dug a grave for his wife and stood before it, weeping. Next to him sat the bunny rabbit from the mountain in front. The bunny was crying too. I'll get that dirty tanuki for this, he said. Don't worry, Grandpa, I'll get revenge. A few days later, the rabbit sat near his home on the mountain in front, waiting for the tanuki to pass by. At the rabbit's feet was a bundle of firewood he had gathered. At last, the tanuki came along, chewing on some wild berries. What you doing, rabbit? he asked. The rabbit looked at him and smiled sweetly. I'm trying to gather firewood, but I hurt my poor little foot. I'll carry your firewood for you as long as it's downhill, the tanuki said. Oh, thank you, Mr. Tanuki. The rabbit helped the tanuki strap the bundle of firewood onto his back, and they started down the mountain. As they walked along, the rabbit took out a flintstone and began to strike it against a piece of metal. He was trying to set fire to the wood on the tanuki's back. Hey, rabbit, what's that click-clack sound I hear? Oh, that's nothing. It's only the click-clack bird from Click-Clack Mountain, the rabbit said, striking the flint. Oh, said the tanuki. At last, a spark from the flint caught on a dry leaf, and the firewood began to burn. Soon, the sticks were popping and crackling as the flames grew larger. Hey, rabbit, said the tanuki. What's that crackle-crackle sound I hear? Oh, that's nothing. It's only the crackle-crackle bird from Crackle-Crackle Mountain. Oh, said the tanuki. He shrugged and continued walking down the mountain, not knowing that the bundle of wood strapped to his back was aflame. After a while, the tanuki started to sweat. Sure is hot, he said. Hey, ow, yikes, I'm on fire! The tanuki ran down the mountain, screaming, until he came to the river and dived in. The tanuki's back was badly burned. If I find that rabbit, I'll murder him, he growled as he climbed out of the river. Well, he didn't have to look very far. He found a rabbit sitting on a rock nearby eating miso soup. You've had it, pal, said the tanuki. You must be mistaking me for someone else, said the bunny innocently. I'm from the mountain in the middle. I've never been to the mountain in front before. Are you sure? Sure, I'm sure, said the rabbit. Say, Mr. Tanuki, you've got a bad burn on your back. You know, this soup is good for burns. Let me rub some of it on you. Oh, thank you, said the tanuki. Now, the miso soup the rabbit was eating had lots of red pepper in it and was very hot. The rabbit dumped the whole bowl on the tanuki's back. Yow! It burns! cried the tanuki as he ran stumbling down the mountain toward the river. He had been fooled again. Next time I find that rabbit, I really will kill him, the tanuki grumbled as he sat steaming in the river. Well, it wasn't long before he ran into the rabbit, who was busily building himself a wooden boat a short distance upstream. You rat, snarled the tanuki, pulling a dirty trick like that. You could kiss your cottontail goodbye, buddy. You must be mistaking me for someone else, said the rabbit, blinking. I'm from the mountain over yonder. The mountain over yonder, said the tanuki suspiciously. Are you sure? Sure, I'm sure, said the bunny. Say, would you like to eat some fish? 
fish? Sure I would. Well then, said the rabbit, let's each build a boat. You're big and heavy, Mr. Tanuki, so you'd better make one out of mud. All the Tanuki could think about now was eating fish. He loved fish. So he started making a boat out of mud from the riverbank while the rabbit finished building his own wooden boat. When the two boats were ready, they put them in the river and began paddling. But as soon as the Tanuki's mud boat got good and wet, it started to fall apart. Oh, oh, cried the Tanuki. Help, I can't swim. Remember what you did to Grandma? Well, here's a taste of your own medicine, shouted the bunny, smashing the Tanuki over the head with his paddle. Ah, oh, no, you're the rabbit from the mountain in front after all, the Tanuki screamed as he sank into the river with his mud boat. Glub, glub, glub. And that's how the rabbit got his revenge on the wicked Tanuki. So that brings this episode to an end. Thank you everyone so much for listening. Till our next adventure. Bye, Gremlings.